kind of symbology. What is at stake? It is a big idea. A new world order where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it and what were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Welcome to Skywatchers Radio. This is Rick. I'm here with Suzanne Chancellor. I got it right this time. Yes, you did. <laughs> For Skywatchers Radio. And we will be joined later this hour by Ricky G, who is a contactee, abductee, and has apparently quite a tale to tell. We'll be hearing all about that. Uh, in the meantime, we have a little bit of news. And Suzanne, you wanted to bring up the imminent destruction of a satellite. Yes, I thought that was quite um, an interesting story that we are in no means in control of having space junk falling to Earth in the next few days. And although um, it's not going to be obviously in a whole piece, I did read that there is a 1 in 3,200 chance that one person will be struck by a piece of this space junk. Okay. I hope it's not a big piece. Or if yeah, it is, right. I hope NASA has good insurance. Oh, well, wait, the government. Exactly. So what, what would happen if that did happen? I mean, could they sue the government? Yes. Essentially, Absolutely. yes. Could they win? Well, maybe, maybe not. But what I found even more interesting about this particular satellite is that there is a component aboard it that supposedly contains a small amount of the radioactive element americium, which is the same radioactive element that's in 92% of all smoke detectors that are in homes, incidentally. Most people don't know that your smoke detectors are radioactive. Well, and actually, company. yeah, there's actually more in a smoke detector than there is aboard this satellite. But the environmental folks are all up in arms about sending anything like that into space because it will fall back to Earth. I'm sorry, folks, it originated on Earth. It's just coming home. That's true. So, uh, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I just find it amazing, ironic, that they would gripe about it. Well, it's going to fall back on somebody. Well, is that different than having it in your basement? That's true. Because, and Yeah, I it, think, it's I, all around I, us. It is, and, and what, what really is baffling to me is the fact that these things could actually and will actually come back to Earth. Um, why could they not propel that into deep space? Um, well, they probably could, but they're on a budget. It's kind of like I probably could have an unlimited fuel car, but then I couldn't be forced to buy oil. There you go. <laughs> They, 
the budget goes to the bureaucrats, not to the hardware. Always. And my grandfather said, why, why do we spend all that money and shoot it all into space? Well, we don't spend the money in space. We spend the money in Houston and Florida and Pasadena, as well as Seattle and wherever the aerospace companies are that build this stuff. Right. The money stays right here. Right. The money doesn't go into space. The hard, it's, it's like you could throw a rock up there and people would still get paid for it. Exactly. But, but just like the rock, all of it has to come back at some point. As far as propelling it into deep space, um, well, not sure that's a good idea either because we'll be sending other stuff out into deep space that will be faster and it will just rear end it at some point. Anyway, lots of stuff, lots of junk circling our planet. And right now there are, by my last count, there are six separate satellites circling Mars. Of course, we talked last week about the oddities on Mars, the anomalous stuff that's up there. But, uh, and I think I'm talking to myself. Am I talking to myself? And I got dropped and here I am again. Oh, okay. Anyway, the uh, the Mars anomalies to me are fascinating, and I I have a feeling that if there weren't so many cities and forests and glaciers on Earth, we would see similar things on Earth. They're just covered up with other stuff. I think there are probably ancient geoglyphs on Earth that, if we look close enough, we could probably find something around the edges of cities. It's all there. It's it's kind of like. The what they called the Miami Circle here about uh, five or six years ago they discovered a wood hinge in Miami of all places this is a, an ancient artifactual astronomical observatory by most accounts at least it was a calendrical type structure and yet they're saying it's probably 7,000 years old in Miami so what did they do with it? Well, they studied it a while, and then they built a parking lot over it. Which will probably preserve it better than anything else, incidentally. I'm sorry, I got dropped again, and I missed all of that conversation, so I'm, I'm oh, okay. really apologize. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, the uh, I was talking about the Miami Circle, a wood hinge that they discovered in greater Miami area. Um astronomical observatory calendrical function of some kind like like Stonehenge but made out of wood and estimated it to be 7,000 years old unbelievable so, so they covered it up and made a parking lot out of it and the asphalt will probably preserve it better than anything else would anyway so what about all the different artifacts that are on the moon I'm, not, I'm sorry the, the space uh, exploration like the hammers and all that but were left there and um so i mean obviously zero gravity so are they obviously floating around in space as well well, it's well they zero eventually end up here. no it's not zero gravity on the moon it's one sixth of it is that it is on earth or so it's one sixth of a g so a six pound hammer weighs a pound so it stays there well, my grandfather worked on the first Apollo mission, and he actually made the first hammer that went to the moon. Oh, cool. 
that was one of those $60 million hammers then. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> so we will yeah, actually be talking to Ricky tonight about the moon, which is going to be quite fascinating. Yeah, it is. Um, and, of course, the there's been long-standing claims that the backside of the moon has, like, cities and all kinds of stuff on it. I don't expect any photographs to come out of NASA for that one real soon, but who knows? Could be wrong. We can, we can only hope. Yeah. Uh, it's about all we can do, because NASA, never a straight answer. Have you ever seen Jose Mia's film, um, The Greatest Story Ever Denied? I have. I haven't seen all of it. I got interrupted while I was watching it, but uh, I, I think I got like two thirds of the way through it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with it. Um, basically, the uh, the things that we have not seen, because all the photographs that were shot from the Apollo missions are all in black and white, but when you colorize these photographs the craters that appear to be convex, surprisingly enough, I'm sorry, they appear concave with the three-dimensional colorization of these photographs. These craters appear convex, and you can actually see they look like domes. Yeah. And, uh, and you can go a long way with judging the angle of light and stuff with that, too. Very so. true. And the same thing can be said on Mars. There are craters on Mars that have domes inside them. And the shadows cast are clear that it's a dome inside a crater. It's like, how does that happen? Well, you know, trip photography and, and obviously taking away the full color spectrum of these photographs will play tricks on the eye. And, oh, yeah. and the tricks are there for a reason. So yep. that we don't know the truth. Well, the uh, European Space Agency has one bird around Mars that is performing what is called LIDAR, or laser tomography of the surface. And there will be no tricks of light, because it's strictly altitude. What's the altitude of that particular spot that is one centimeter square? Wow. So they can get it very, very high resolution for altitude with that. It's not color photography, but it is an extremely precise, high-resolution topographical map. And yes, there are domes inside the craters. And where might we see these maps? Um, well, I'll research that for next week. How's that? That would be great. I think the, we all deserve to uh, see these uh, the truths that are being kept from us. Yes. And there's a new, well, it's not new to some of the folks that follow it, but it's new to NASA. There's an avian-looking glyph on Mars, um, like an eagle kind of thing. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, too, I might add. We'll definitely research that so we can check that out next week. Cool. Will do. So what's been happening in Suzanne's world? Well, this has been a very interesting week. I um, actually went to a MUFON meeting last night in Los Angeles. Um, there was an interesting talk about the messages that were 
being given to us um, a little bit more along the realms of not really paying attention so much to the contact experience, but what the reasons behind them were. And I thought that was very compelling because I think that a lot of people don't really pay attention to that aspect of the whole phenomenon. Um, we're so distracted by the UFOs that we see in the sky and the fleets and, and all the sightings, but nobody really pays attention to, I think, for example, if there was a sighting in Peru, per se, but there was an abductee who had a story in Peru, they'd go right to the sighting and completely discount the abductee's experience. And I think that uh, in recent events, it's changing, and I think it's more about the conscious uh, experience of the actual uh, contact itself. Um, so that was really interesting. I met with a gentleman who works for a local newspaper here, and he did a little interview with me. And I also spoke with uh, Stephen Bassett, who is our guest next week for an hour, and he has a lot to say, so I'm very, very excited about that show. Yeah. Well, that's kind of why I was asking how your life was going. I, I knew you were going to talk to Stephen. So. Yes. And I have not yet had the pleasure of meeting him in person, but that will happen for me in December. So. Yes, yeah, so I'm actually meeting with him on Tuesday, and he did tell me that he felt that within this week, which is really fascinating, that there is going to be some sort of disclosure, so it might happen before he's on the show. So wow. I'm really, really hoping that it does happen, because that will be a completely different show altogether. Oh, yeah. That would be a, a huge deal. Yes. And what about Rick's world? What's going on with you? Oh, well, let's see. I'm working on the very <clears throat> last, well, it's actually chapter 16, but the last chapter to be completed in my book, and it will be going to the publisher here within uh, probably 10 days. And why don't you tell the audience what your book is about? Okay, it's entitled, thank you for asking. No worries. It's, it's entitled The Graves of the Golden Bear, The Fortresses and Monuments of the Ohio Valley. And it's about all the old stone fortresses and the mounds and the earthen fortresses and all the stuff that you find from the headwaters of Monongahela throughout the length of the Ohio Valley and a little bit on the Mississippi. Wow. And, and the book is about, well, okay, they're there, they're in the historical record, but nobody's made really good guesses even about who built them. All we know is they're very old. So I started digging through history to see who might have built these. And it's like, okay, some of them <clears throat> are clearly Native American in origin. Some of them do not match Native American strategies or, or layouts or city plans in any way, shape, or form. But they do match somebody else. So... I'm concentrating on how, who, when, where, why, how long, how much they were here. And the could you give us a little? Could you give us a clue on this? Uh, "Quote unquote," somebody else might be. Well, somebody from outside North America. Oh wow! Uh, and in fact, it was several different cultures from outside North America who made incursions into North America. None of them were able to stay. For various reasons. Um, some of them came from the south. Some of them came from the east. Some of them came from the west. Mm -hmm. As far as I know, nobody came from the north, but that one might still surface. Who knows? But, well, that sounds uh, really fascinating. For a couple of the cultures, 
I actually found European records that state unequivocally these cultures disappeared from Europe at the same time that these things were being built in North America. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> to make four for you. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to hear more about that. Maybe we could actually talk about that one time on one sure. of our shows in detail, in great detail. I mean, all of the different, um, all the pyramids and all the, like Stonehenge, he said, and all those things and how they were built. And, and it's just completely beyond my capacity to think about how they were able to be constructed and, and why they were constructed. And we're finding out now that it might have been, obviously, um, off Earth that these things have, had been constructed by um, different races and all over the universe. So I just would love to really touch on that sometime. Well, that's one of the contentions. Um, I, I try to keep it a little more earthly in origin, and people say, well, people certainly weren't smart enough to do it back then. People were smarter then than they are now. Let me see. You go out in the woods with nothing more than a stone knife and survive even a day. Right. Let, let alone make a civilized culture out of it, which they did. And to me, some of the most fascinating artifacts on this planet are what is called Puma Punto. Or I, I should say Puma Punko, where they have limestone block. Uh, I may be wrong about that. There may be granite blocks. Nevertheless, they have extremely straight, very precise carvings, grooves in these stones that are clearly made to be a prefabricated building of some kind. And um, perhaps it was a building and was shaken down by an earthquake. But the workmanship on these stones cannot be duplicated today with any technology that we have today. So whoever made them were smarter than we are. Now, if they were off-planet and they got here, okay, they're obviously already, obviously, smarter than we are. If they were right, already on-planet, <laughs> if they were already on-planet, then the technology that they used to cut these stones is something that has been lost to us. So they, too, were smarter than we are, apparently. We and they're obviously it. smarter than we are because they're no longer here. <laughs> or <laughs> well, they are, they might be, but they've left, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, or they may have disappeared for entirely different reasons. Uh, you know, it could have been, right. you know, could have been a plague, could have been famine, could have been anything, could have been extraterrestrial impact. Um, in right. fact, in that region, uh, there is a crater. So, you know, it could have been an impact that killed everything instantly. There have been many impacts, incidentally. It wasn't just the dinosaurs that met their end with an extraterrestrial impact. And even that one's coming into question again. But uh, as it should, it should always be questioned. All science should be questioned periodically. And yet, they get a theory and they hang on to it tenaciously and bitterly at times. Big Bang Theory comes to mind. Absolutely. At any rate, um, extraterrestrial impact has a couple of different connotations. It's not just a body striking the Earth. It could be 
a cultural impact as well, just like these cultures that came from Europe to North America, and vice versa, incidentally. North Americans and South Americans went to the old world at times. And this is now coming into vogue even amongst archaeologists, which is surprising to me. I went DNA. to uh, Chichen Itza a few times. Oh, cool. Have you been there? I have not. It was really amazing. Um, there is this, the one pyramid, the main pyramid there. I climbed to the, I'm very afraid of heights. The pyramid oh, of the south. Okay. Oh, not, not Mexico City. Yeah, that's Teotihuacan. Chichen Itza ah, okay. is different. That's in the Yucatan. And uh, yeah. I climbed to the top of this pyramid, and when I stood there, what I thought was very strange was all the trees were the same exact height. Okay. And I thought, okay, well, that's really interesting. I'm thinking, so did they all start growing back at the same time? And then I, I learned afterwards about the impact that was in the Yucatan that supposedly wiped out the dinosaurs. So it made absolute perfect sense to me. Well, the trees and the pyramid came along a lot more recently than 65 million years. But um, the trees grow to a certain height because that's what they can support in that soil. All right, well, that makes sense, too. Yeah, the, um, and, uh, and of course, it's all limestone karst geology, meaning it's full of caves. It's like Swiss cheese underneath all that. So what you see on right. the surface is just a tiny part of what the Mayans and the Toltecs before them knew of their world. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. of course, both cultures um, esteemed the underworld much more than they did the world of the surface. And apparently so did the Egyptians, but that's, you know, that's, according to the archaeologists, that's all independent development. There was no connection there. They never talked to each other. They never learned to sail across an ocean. <clears throat> right. Sure. Right. Right. And well, it's not just those cultures. It's all the cultures. And, and I don't even put it on pyramids. I, I put it on the deities. You know, they may go by different names in different places, but that's because they use different languages in different places. It's the same deities. It's the same religions. Right. They manifest it differently with their different languages and their different art styles, uh, their different um, philosophies, even though it's kind of like, okay, you say Christian. Well, uh, that takes in a lot of territory Christian does, or Muslim. Most Buddhists don't want to admit that, um, but right. wherever wherever you go, there are variations of a religion. So, same deal with the ancient cultures. It was the same deities. Uh, there's a guy from Chicago, um, retired professor up there, and I'll think of his name shortly, uh, Hugh Fox, and he compared art styles from Peru and even Ecuador and Brazil to art styles from Greece and Etruscan and Phoenician. And it's like, hey, look, this is Hercules. On both sides of the ocean, it's still Hercules. Wow. It's just using a different script and a different language to name the same hero doing the same deeds. 
the seven labors of Hercules, you know, are in all cultures. So that's fascinating. Anyway, um, we're going to have we're going to go to break now. And when we come back, we'll be joined by Ricky G, who is a contactee and abductee, and has a lot to tell us about the moon. So. We'll be back momentarily, folks. Stay with me. Five sheets of high-powered blotter acid. A salt shaker half full of cocaine. A whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, laughers. Also a quarter tequila, quarter rum, case of beer, pint of raw ether, and two dozen amyls. Not that we needed all that for the trip, but once you get locked into a serious drug collection, the tendency is to push it as far as you can. Alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Looking for a used car? Well, look no further. Florida Fine Cars has the car just for you. Here at Florida Fine Cars, we pride ourselves in customer service and quality of cars. Looking for a high-end car? We got them. Looking for an older car for a small cash deal? We got them. Due to having over 400 cars in our inventory, no matter what your situation, we can help. For more information, please go to www.floridafinecars.com today. There's a war going on in the streets. It's the War on Thirst. Sprunk is winning the War on Thirst with the new grenade-shaped cans. Hey, yo, pull the pin and blow your thirst right off in that brand new taste explosion. Boom! That's the sound of refreshment. Sprunk, go AWOL from the cola wash with an energizing mix of lemon, lime, ten times the caffeine and sugar. Plus, mercury and benzene for that extra pop. Yo, it'll bring the temperature right up. And the bubbles. Other beverages use carbon dioxide. But use ether to kick up that fizz. Thanks to all that mercury, you won't remember anything that tasted so good. Now pick up a Sprunk Thermal Nufia six-pack. Kill thirst and liven up the party. Toss your friends a Sprunk in a grenade-shaped can and enter the Sprunk sweepstakes where you can win a real case of grenades. Sprunk, blow your thirst right off in that brand new taste explosion. Hi everybody, this is Boca Brian once again to tell you about my latest CD of religious comedy bits. Word of Boca. All my smash hits made famous throughout the world. More than, well, not exactly the world. Let's see. Parts of Okeechobee down to Marseille calendar. Well, like I was saying, the most requested religious comedy bits ever to be heard all over your radio.
radio for too short a time. You'll get such hits as This all-time Boca classic. They were speaking in tongues. That made me a believer. Yes, it's Word of Boca. About 30 all-time certified aluminum religious hits by Boca Brian, who sits on the middle finger of God while singing about men of the moist cloth. That's Word of Boca. Available now at all Peaches, Records, and, uh, I mean, at Order Yours Today by clicking on the album cover on SoBlowRadio.com. The George Rodriguez Show. Who? I said the George Rodriguez Show. You don't know George Rodriguez? Wasn't he the guy that filled in for Neil Rogers? Yes. That George Rodriguez. What's he like? Oh, he's a short little Cuban fellow. Kind of funny looking. Well, when's he on? 12 to 3, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on SoFloRadio.com and SoFloRadio.net. The George Rodriguez Show is much more than adequate. This is nuclear physicist Ben Friedman, and now I'm a voice in the jackal's head. It's the government keeping secrets from us. This is Stephen Bassett, and uh, I am now a voice inside the jackal's head. Want to find out more? Listen to the jackal's head on the Super Media Network. The biggest trick the jackal ever pulled was to miss the world <laughs> that he doesn't exist. Here with Suzanne Chancellor, and we are joined by Ricky G, who is a contactee, abductee, and uh, why don't you just tell us the rest there, Ricky? Hey, the rest is just like who I am or whatever? Sure, um, start with that, and we'll move on to the rest of it. Well, basically, first of all, <laughs> I'm nobody. My name is Ricky. I'm just a regular, I'm just like everybody else. I just happen to be a, a, a victim slash witness of some incredible things. And um, I don't know. I'm ready to go. And I was taken by uh, some star beings for, for a, a project they're working on. Um, a lot of things. A lot of things. Whatever you need to know. Well, Ricky, why don't you just... Why don't I just interject real quickly? Um I do know a lot about Ricky's background, and I have to add that it's probably one of the more compelling and disturbing stories I think I've ever heard from a contactee. Um, and I think that one of the most interesting things is that he actually did leave this planet, and he um, encountered beings and experiences on the moon. Um, I think that would be something that I think we should touch on, Ricky, um, because I don't think that a lot of people have come out with that if they have experienced that. The, the only ones I've ever actually heard that have had that experience were people that were involved in the military. And that, to okay. me, was more like a government operation. But yours, as a civilian, is so different. So could you just maybe tell us about, like, what your first contact experience is about and, and um, start from there. Okay, um, 
what it, you know, uh, Suzanne, I'm not going to get deep into it because it would take forever. It would take the whole show. I know that. But I'll just, I'll just go through. You know, uh, they first took me at six, and uh, no, really, what went on? Still remembering stuff. For some reason, my six-year-old event is hardest to remember. So, but um, six, I don't know if they took me. I don't know the whole details, but uh, that's all my first physical contact event happened with them. Now, um, at 19, I had another event, which is what I call the big, the big one. That's because I remember like 40, 50 percent of uh, of the event. I mean, this one I did a YouTube video. Actually, I have a YouTube channel, uh, uh, YouTube.com slash UFO abducting, and I, in 2007, I pretty much documented it, told the story of what happened. And um, in 19, they took me. It just basically uh, wasn't wasn't like it was a kidnapping. wasn't against my will. It was a, it was an odd situation where I walked to them, but I didn't have control of me. I walked in their craft. I did everything they asked me to, so it wasn't like uh, they made me do anything. But in a way, they did. Um, so what they did, I they somehow made me walk to this craft on Earth, and uh, uh, went to this craft. Was I black? I blacked out about five, six times in this whole event. And, um, you know, I walked to this craft. It was a ball-shaped craft, really, really small. Well, for, to, not small, like, uh, like a garbage can or nothing, but like small, like a shed. You would put lawnmowers or whatever, bikes in. I ended up walking in that, meeting two beings. I really didn't know they were, uh, you know, star people at first. I didn't really get to see them. They told me they were taking me, and it's taking me to the moon. The backside of the moon. They took me to the backside of the moon. Uh, I went through a process. The first thing I went through was uh, I was put into a room with like uh, about a hundred people, humans, and they told me to uh, take off all my clothes and uh, lay down like the rest of them. So I do this, and when I get in there, I realize like I'm the only one that took off my clothes. No one else really followed and take directions. Went through a situation there when we can get back to whenever we get back to the abduction story. I'm trying to get through this. Anyway, went through another stage where I woke passed out there, woke up, uh, was put into this huge gel pool. I call it the gel pool, which is a funnel-shaped pool, like made like a kid slide in the old days with metal slides, but it equivalent of pouring like motor oil on it and try to climb up it. But it was filled with a breathable, like a jello or a gel. Long story again, but I'm not going to get into it. Uh, they wanted me to go so, under it. They told me, "Go ahead." Why? Why? Um, it's just so incredible just to visualize this whole situation. Um, how did you feel? Did you feel indifferent? Were you scared? Were you angry? Did you have any control well, of moving uh, around? It was, it was confusing every time because every time I woke up, like when I tell a story now, you hear it all in one one time in cha- little chapters. Now, when it was going on, every time I woke up, I didn't remember the last time. So at the time, it was like every time when, when I first woke up and was walking to the craft was, was, uh, was a whole new thing to me. Then when I got into the craft, I don't remember walking to the craft. I think this is the only thing that happened. So it was confusing every time. So every time I had to realize, oh, this is a new thing. Oh, you know, it was very 
more confusing than anything. So then what happened so, after that? After the, the jail pool. Right. Uh, the jail pool, uh, I blacked out again. Um, uh, uh, and this is the part about the frogs. I don't know if people know Ricky, but I'm terrified of frogs. And there's these guys that were holding me. And still at this time, I still didn't know. Really, I was on the moon or even taken. I didn't know what was going on still at this time. So and this is the first time I actually seen him. And he was grabbing my wrist, making me walk somewhere. And I freaked out because how his hands felt. It's still as he thought it was a frog, some sort of tiger frog. Yanked back. Long story short, I was going to kill him. I was going to just fist fight him. We went through a little episode. I realized telepathy. About telepathy, we were using it. Um, again, long story short. How, how did um, you, when you say you realized they were using telepathy, so they were telling you what to do in your mind? Basically. No. Uh, yeah, but I didn't understand. I was vocals. You know, because at the time, my first thing I said was out of my mouth. But then when I heard them, when I first saw the one dude, I was scared as hell I was going to kill him. And then um, he was, there was another one to his right, to my left. And he, uh, they were communicating. And then I could hear what he was telling him. What was he so saying? Was, um, that I'm like, basically a troublemaker. I'm slowing, slowing the process. And, and uh, I threatened him. I was going to kill him. So instantly, it was just something real quick that they did, said or whatever, and that's when I freaked out. And they told me what would happen if I killed them, and they showed me stuff, and then they left. And then they left me in this room naked, fucking like a boxer stands, you know, with my fists up in the dark room. And they left, and I didn't know where they were going. And I didn't know where I was, so I didn't want to follow them. Because I thought they were going to more people, or whatever they were. And so then they come back. And this time they come back with a taller being. Uh, uglier. Well, same ugly. They're all ugly. And uh, this one was very nice. And he looks at me. He looks at them and he tells them, this is the prophet. And they kind of get upset because when they came in, they, they were, like, excited in a way that something was going to happen to me. Sort of like a punishment, I thought. So I was real defensive. And then they kind of got upset that, the taller one accepted me. He was cool. I could go on the way for me. So they leave. He takes me for a walk. He doesn't walk. And, uh, he tells me, I don't know, he want to do some examination on me or something. Hey, guys, yeah, listen, uh, since so nobody's uh, noticing to the chat room, we have uh, a caller who just joined the conversation. Um, 786, you're on the line. I don't want to keep you waiting there too long. Uh, do you have a question for the guest? Uh, well, they hung up. So continue. Uh, okay, so, uh, um, shoot, what was I saying? We were walking in the hall, this little area or something, and uh, he told me I wanted to make an examination, do some examinations with me, on me. And I just basically knew I was on the moon. I had nobody at home. They were my only way home. I, I felt I should cooperate or I probably wouldn't get home. And so I told him, okay, but they got, we have to make a deal. And I said, don't scare me, don't touch me, or don't hurt me. And he promised me. And and this is the thing that people don't believe about telepathy is, uh, uh, your name's Rick, right? Yes. Now, now, Rick, if we, me and you didn't use telepathy, you was just like, 
right now that you just met me, and you had to go somewhere real quick, and you had like five thousand dollars on you, and you were you just had to do something. You said, "Hey, Rick, hey, my name's Rick too." They said, "Hey, Rick, hold this for me," and then I told you verbally, "No problem. I got you. It's safe." Now you're taking my word for it. Now when you leave and I take off, all you did was trust me because of my voice, because of my sound of my word. Telepathy is different. When they promised me and told me this, I was assured by being in their brain. So it's totally different. It's a whole different trust. So I was beyond reassured. So I guarantee, they guaranteed me they wouldn't hurt me and touch me. So I blacked out instantly. And then I woke up on a table. Um, with the whole another species, dealing with the grave is the guy that I just made the deal with. I call him the doctor. But anyway, they did some exams. Should I get into the examinations or just, uh, I'll, I'll just go through it real quick. They, they, they took my eye out. They, uh, took some skin and they took some semen. Uh, each little section is a little story in itself, so I'm just going through it. Uh, took the shit out of me because um, they did the skin part first. And I was like, okay, that didn't hurt. That's what I did. So then they did the eye. I started panicking. I said, okay, this is getting bad. Didn't hurt, didn't scare me, didn't do, you know, it was the deal. They went through on their deal. <laughs> and then they did a semen extraction. And then that was pretty much it. I was done with that. So I ended up, uh, I, I was exhausted for some reason. This whole thing I was going through made me, uh, Exhausted, like a, uh, like if I ran track or did cross country run or something. So I was sleeping. I was on this thing, just sleeping, and I was out of it. And they're walking around. I mean, the Grays are in the same room with these doctors, and they're talking about me. The first thing they're talking about is why I keep snapping, snapping out. This is new stuff, Susan. Uh, why I keep snapping out? Because I kept snapping out. And they were notified how many times I woke up how my mind is working and shit like that. So they were talking about that. And then they started talking about uh, birthmarks and my scars. And then they started talking about me dying, about how I die and how I get sick and the day I die. And I freaked out. So I fucking wake up. I snap out and I yell at them. I tell them to fix me, fix me. Everybody in the room stops and looks at me. And I say, you can bring me to the damn moon. You can fix me. You know what's wrong with me. Fix me. And the two doctors were kind of, I don't want to say they weren't laughing. It wasn't a laugh. But, again, because what they were talking about me snapping out, I snapped out. And it amused them because they were just talking about it. So as I'm tripping off me dying, there was another one that's standing on my head during this whole thing. He lays me back down and lets me experience life after life. Basically, what happens when we die and where we go and what, what it's all about. So he showed me that. Another one walked up to him and asked him, why why did you do that? Why are you, you allowing him to see that? And he says, he will never remember anyway. And it was basically, it calmed me down from my death. Because I was so pleased when I witnessed and went through that I was almost excited and can't wait to go back. Mm-hmm. So I black out again walking through the hall with the same dude. First thing that comes out out of my mind is the whole semen thing. He tells me, oh, we're making babies in space. Oh. And I'm flipping out on that. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just commenting on that. It was just 
Never mind. Go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna bump. And so he tells me that, and we're using telepathy again. And um, this is where he pretty much downloads the whole pure human aspect on the project I'm working on. And we'll get back to that. So he explains to me about the humans in space and pure humans. And I, uh, I'm sure to myself, so I'm thinking in my brain, what is he talking about? What's he, you know, oh, I didn't get it. And, and by, by him, uh, telepathy, he heard my thoughts. So as he's listening to me think to myself, he's walking me to this room. He's going to show me my answer that I'm asking myself on the way to the answer, if that makes any damn sense. So he takes me to this room, and there's these two pure humans, there's these two kids about 14 years old, uh, a boy and a girl. And he basically doesn't say nothing, he just lets me know, okay, this is what we're doing. And he shows me these two kids who are dressed like them, like how they're dressed. And it was, uh, they didn't use telepathy, but what treated me out was they weren't scared, because I always said, I, would, I thought, if that was me, and I was stuck on the moon, and I saw another human walk up, I would have ran up to me, they said, help me, Let's, I want to go with you, you know, whatever. But they didn't do anything like that. They were, they were pleased where they were at. So again, we, we take off, and I'm thinking to myself, now how are these guys eating? You know, I don't see no vending machines, there ain't like no cafeterias, there ain't like nothing. So uh, I'm tripping on how they eat. And again, he does the same thing, he's walking me to my answer. And we walk into this big room this time. Little door, but when you go in there, it's a big, 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 almost like a damn stadium. Um, but it was just a big room. And, uh, uh, like an arena, not a football stadium. But, uh, uh, they had a cow that was floating in the air. It was dead. And, uh, I got pissed. Because I thought this whole thing was, this, the last days now, I'm after the cow. I'm going to die, and they're going to do some shit to me, whatever they're doing to the cow. And I told him this was messed up, what he's doing to me. And he tells me what's, what's different between um, us and them. I'm sorry, he got us and them. I didn't know what he was talking about. I'm sorry for dragging on, but it's, 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 it's wrapping up right now. So he tells me, uh, uh, this is the, the, the tiger story. He says, he says uh, how does a tiger explain to itself when he hears a, a, a loud thunder in the sky and looks up and sees a great metal, a big metal object floating in the sky, which to us is a helicopter? And then he says, how does that tiger ex explain to itself when it feels a pain in its hip uh, and loses all control of its body but its eyes? Then how does a tiger explain to itself it sees the craft land and humans walk out and tag its ear, take a tooth, take some blood, uh, takes of the semen, you know. And then how does the tiger explain to itself that it sees a craft leave and it wakes up, you know, and it's able to use the body. How does it explain to itself? And then I started realizing what we do, sharks and tigers and other animals and then cows and how we kill cows and chickens and, you know, just some weird shit like that. I started thinking how we're actually worse than them. So I ended up I started, I understood the message. Then he ended up dipping the cow in, in this big square hole in the ground. Uh, uh, it, it was dead. It had like a, like some, like a hole in it. And it was dead. And, and then, uh, basically, he was telling me that's how they feed the pure humans. He says that, what do you pay the humans? He is children as babies. And I said, milk. He said, yes. 
results. And I said, Mr. Boogie, me? He says, yes. So he says, basically, they, they make pure cows in space, too. They don't use our cows. They, they get their own with no fleas, no kind of, any kind of sickness, no kind of anything. First-generation cows, like first-generation humans. So, again, that's pretty much it. And I wake up in my bed, like, just a few seconds before my alarm goes off. And that was the abduction story. Now, I know that took a long time, and I really don't like to spend time too much on the abduction story because, but it's just how to explain. Well, I, yeah, I, I just think it's interesting um, how you, all these abduction experiences, most people uh, wake up in their bed and they think it's a dream. So when you woke up, did you have full recollection of what happened to you? Or did you just think you had well, a horrible dream? No, I knew it wasn't a dream. Because people always tell you, how do you know it was a dream? I wasn't, I wasn't asleep. You know what I mean? Just like any event in my life. In the Kings game I went to, it's like when I went to the Sacramento Kings game. That's like saying, well, how do you know you were dreaming when you went? Because I was awake. Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's yeah. how I remember. I was awake. It wasn't a dream to me. Then when I woke up, the main thing I remembered was the semen extraction. That was really the only thing I remembered. And me remembering that, I remembered it in a, a different way. I thought they actually took one of the testicles. So I oh, freaked yeah. out. Yeah, so I was like, first thing I thought of was that, right, my alarm went off, and I was so scared I didn't want to test myself, because I knew it wasn't there, and so I had my uh, girlfriend at the time. So how did you deal with this? Deal with what? This horrible experience that you went through, I mean, you wake up and, and you're just it's like getting, it's like getting It's like getting punched five times by Mike Tyson, you just kind of got to realize what the... That just happened. You know what I mean? It took me years. I still don't realize it. It's like weird. You know, it's not like, it, first of all, it happened. That's the most baffling thing about it. It wasn't a dream. It wasn't, it was real life. So, the fact of getting over that, that's the craziest thing. You know, okay. and then to realize that there's a reality out there as real as ours. But then how did here. you deal with it as far as were you able to talk to anybody and, and get any support? I couldn't. I didn't. I didn't talk to anybody about it until 2007. And it happened in 89. And what made you decide to talk about it then? Why did I? Yes. Uh, um, they just made me. They just... They, well, okay, you know about the Ron for Book story with me. Um, there was a lot of... They downloaded a lot of information into me. Some unbelievable stuff that all made sense. And um, I was questioning myself. I was like, how could I know this? I can't tell nobody this because I'll be the only one on the planet with this information, and I'm going to sound stupid. And I'm in the music business, so it's kind of like, kind of not, 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 not an image you got, but it's like you hang around people with images, and you hang around people that ain't into this. So it wasn't like I could speak about it all the time. So... So then, how did you start time. speaking about it? Oh, and then the romp. Well, the romp book blew me away because uh, they—they they I lived by the library one time, and I was questioning everything. And they go, "You're not." They kept telling me, "You're not the only one that knows this. You're not the only one that knows it." But no one talks about this. 
So they sent me to this library. Never been to a library in my life since I was in elementary school. Got me a library card. Walked to this bookshelf. Picked this book out that had no cover, had no title, had nothing except a name on the side. Didn't open it. Didn't do nothing. Grabbed it. Check it out. Ended up telling the, uh, the library that my card got stolen, the book was in it, and getting 10 bucks for the book. Opening it up, and the book had, had everything they taught me in it. It was just basically they were validating that. So that, that kind of opened my eyes to I wasn't crazy. And then it took me another fucking 10 years to realize uh, uh, to come out with it. It was just time because a lot of things that I know, there's a... Uh, No, so it pretty much needs to be known, at least acknowledged. If, if they don't do anything about it, at least it's acknowledged. What what types of things did you read in the book that made sense to you that you felt they basically taught um, you? Well, basically it seemed to be like a Bible, but with with uh, star beings involved in life, they don't throw it out. It'd be like if the, the religious Bible also included UFOs and aliens and people from other planets. You know, it's kind of like that. It was kind of like the open thing. And it uh, also, the life after life stuff was exactly what I was shown. Well, I'd really so like to talk like, about that life after life stuff that you know about. I think that would be very compelling to hear. Right, right, right. But it is. It's, it's, uh, that was the most, uh, if I didn't go through that part, I would probably hate going through what I went through. You know, because it was very uh, comforting. You know, if you're so human, looking back on the... If you're a human and you live any time on this planet, you're going to lose people. And I'm blessed to witness and go through it and see it and see what's waiting for us. So in a way, it's almost as if somebody has like a near-death experience where they go to the other side and they come back and then they don't fear death. Is that what you're comparing it to? Yeah, but... Yes, that's pretty much. It's not that I, I'm, I, I don't fear death. I'm excited about it. I don't want to die, but I can't wait for, to go home. You know what I mean? It's uh, you know, that's the only thing that's bad about death is dying. You know, because you know, some people, some people go out in a tough way. It ain't always pleasant, but you know, we all go to the same place. So, I mean, it's it's, it's odd. It's an odd thing to know. So, they showed you something when you were on the moon, and that was what that life after life was. Is that correct? Oh, they showed me a lot of things on the moon. They showed me a lot of things on the moon, but uh, uh, that was just something I went through to calm me down from because they accidentally showed me my death. And did you see a different place? Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It makes this place, let me see how can I explain this. Okay, if you put a marble compared to the earth, put it right next to earth, and you see the size of that marble and you realize the size of earth, that's, that's what life is. Life is, uh, life is the marble and death is earth. It's that much bigger than what we're going through right now. It's so much better. Okay. Uh, we have a caller. Let's let's uh, go to that caller and see what they have for you, Ricky. If we can do that. 
Hello? You're on Skywalker Radio. Hello? Hello, caller? They got to hang up again. Okay. Well, we'll move on then. Thank you. Yeah, give them one strike and then hang up. Maybe they're just listening. Maybe. So yeah, anyway, I'm not you saw, even on my you saw something way beyond our current life. So many, oh, not just space, oh yeah. but also time, right? Uh, what do you mean time? Uh, the time, time is a human thing. Right, exactly. But uh, so yeah. many folks that have outside-of-body experiences or outside-of-life experiences convey some type of idea that there is no time. It's all one time. You know, past, present, right. future is all one thing. Is all that now. what you found? Yeah, it's all now. Now, that's what it is. It's only now. There's never no tomorrow. There's never no July 11, 68. There's never no 2017. It will always be now. Never. Time is the human thing that we went to document, document uh, history. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, just wanting to see. So, I mean, I don't know if that answers your question or not. I just... Well, yeah, it's just tr- trying to compare and contrast this to other means of getting there, if you will, because some people uh, state that they have achieved that through, you know, out of body experiences, astral projection, whatever. Oh, yeah. Mode. Oh, yeah. But they what? seem to consistently come up with the same description. Yeah, but I don't believe or know of being able to astral project yourself to, to home. You know, home is like a pinhole we go through. You know, our astral projection is everywhere else. You know, home has nothing to do with Mars or other dimensions and all that stuff. You know what I mean? That's all, our, that's all for us to enjoy here in life. Death and afterlife has nothing to do with when we go to sleep and astral project or when we leave our bodies at night. We don't go back home. That's one place we don't go. We only go home when we wake up from this life. Okay. Very confusing. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but actual projection, we've all done it. Every single person on this planet does it. We've all traveled. We've all been to places that ain't on this planet. And we do it all the time. But people don't realize it. You do it all the time. I tell people all the time. Home is just like your dreams. You do anything you can in, in at home as you can here on Earth. Well, how are you going to pick up something? Or how are you going to do this? And I'll tell them this. Have you ever dreamed maybe you picked up a rock and threw it? Yeah. Well, you picked that up and you had that in your hand and you threw it. And at that time, it was as real as right now. So you're telling me we can't? We cannot experience things without our bodies. You didn't have your body when you picked that rock up and threw it. You didn't have that body when you climbed that mountain in your dream that you had. You touched, you felt, you did everything. So to me, that's how I compare it. You know, it's just it's just home without a physical form. I know it's so hard to explain, and I'm probably going in a circle. Sorry. No, that's okay. Uh, you know, it's your perception and it this is all about what you perceived experience etc 
But Correct. if I could, I'd like to uh, direct you back to some of the more technological aspects. You mentioned, obviously, going into a large room through a normal-sized door and that these were basically normal-sized human beings and greys, two separate types of beings. Um, did you did you observe any other technologies? Um, now, obviously, you were in a medical theater. Did you see what kind of utensils they were using? Yes. Yes. Uh, to me, this is also what made, made me think why humans are stupid. Because everything they used and everything they had was simple. It was simple. Nothing was complicated. Um, nothing had buttons. You know, everything was just like a simple needle or a simple ball or, or a simple, it wasn't nothing. It was nothing. It's just simple. It isn't like you would see, like on Star Trek, where every, all these lights are flashing, or on Star Wars when they get in the, the Millennium Foundation buttons on. It ain't like that. There's nothing like the plane. There's nothing. They just control okay. it by one, one thing. They basically use their minds to control stuff. Okay, cool. Need, but, you know. Well, we're going we're gonna to try another caller here. Uh, caller, <laughs> if you're on the line, welcome to Skywatchers Radio. Hi, this is Dave. Hello, how you doing? This is Dave. Hello, good. Hello. Hi, Dave. How are Hello. you? I'm all right. Cool. Do you have something? Hi. Yeah, right. Can you hear me? Hey, Ricky. Yeah, you kind of a little choppy. How are you doing, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just like on the road, like I said I was, and uh, um, you know, just um, listening in. That's all. Um, okay. But I I, I heard about. I heard about what you said, and, and basically, um, um, the word that came to my mind was efficiency. These beings use their, their equipment as just efficient. Right, right. As a word. They don't need, need, they don't need colors, they don't need lights, they don't need uh, flashing things, they don't need knobs, they don't need buttons, they don't need anything. It's simple. It's what so are, What about so the craft game itself? When you were inside the craft and you were able to look around, did you see any sort of, like, controls or anything like that? I saw it was inside, inside the craft was yes. wound, and it had, like, a bar or something in the middle. And that was it? Like, like bottom, where I couldn't really see you. It would be covering, I don't know what it was, or was it, like, something you sit on or nothing like that. We were just... I was on my knees when we did it because the craft was so small. And they're, they're half my size, so I really wasn't watching them. But from what I noticed, everything they use uh, is their brains. It'll be, they almost, like, like the semen extraction thing, the machine they put on me was either an animal or it was controlled because they were, they were telling it what to do, and it did it. You so know, like, so a, like a remote control, like a robot. Yeah, yeah, but without a remote control, they use their brains to control it. Like if they had a remote control truck here on Earth, and you can use it by your brain, just watching it go left, you want to go up the field, just, it was like that. So, you know, everything, the craft, the doors, uh, uh, um...
cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the so you didn't see anything that led you towards any uh, conjecture, even of how this thing was propelled. What kind of energy well, or force? Or? No, I, I, that was that was the funnest and most interesting. One of the most interesting parts of how it happened, because the only time I was propelled or did anything was when they brought me from the Earth to the moon. That was the only time I remember being in a craft and getting to see. Well, first of all, let me tell you about the craft, too. I was telling you, uh, Suzanne, about when I was in the craft, it was pitch black. And they closed the door, it was black, or, you know what I mean? And my face was really close to the wall of the craft. And when we took off, the craft became transparent. I could see through it. It was like we weren't in nothing. So it was just some weird little thing like that. And uh, I didn't have a seatbelt on. I wasn't in a chair. I was on one knee with my hands on my other knee, and I watched. And it was like an elevator sort of feeling, but, but like backwards. It's hard to explain. It's totally hard to explain. But it, what it looked like to me, what felt like to me was instead of, instead of us going to the moon, they brought the moon to us, and we didn't move. So I could, couldn't explain it whatsoever, but... That's just how I felt. Almost like teleportation, you know, maybe, or something. Okay. I don't know. Well, I don't know how I can get to the moon. How could I get to the moon? No, no, we, we got there because I watched the whole thing. But I don't understand. I just didn't get the whole... Well, I didn't I sure. Yeah. I didn't. Well, we, we have yeah, another I didn't caller. But we have another caller on the line. Busy night for callers. Uh, caller, you're right. on Skywatchers Radio. Tell us who you are and... Tell us what you got for Ricky, please. Hi, Ricky. Uh, this is Chuck. I have a question for you. I wonder if you've had any experiences since your if you've had any experiences since your experience there of, of uh, any kind of, of shifts. You've noticed that uh, you you know you you experience different kinds of times uh, as right. a kind of simultaneous events. Have you noticed that kind of shifting on you since that that your experience? with these beings? No, no, I haven't. I, I really don't even understand it. Say it again? Like, uh, like, have you noticed that uh, objects displacing or any kind of shifts in, in uh, actual events or any any phenomenon like that since you've had contact with these folks? No, no, not really, no. No, just other things, though, because they communicate with me still ever since. So I don't know about them. They they they've messed with me a couple of times. They've actually came back a couple of times. One time I got my with them again. I believe I heard one. Um, and then the other time there was another abduction. So you believe you heard that? Yeah, yeah. I had made a promise I wouldn't hurt them anymore. I wouldn't because actually Suzanne was the one that convinced me, and I made a deal with them. Because I always wanted to kill them. I always told them I'm going to kill them. If you ever come near me again, I'm going to kill you. Don't ever mess with me. So uh, uh-huh. I made a deal with them, and it was very pleasing. They were very, very, very proud of me. And one night they came, and uh, I, I, I kind of not mastered telepathy, but I, I understand. And, it, and uh, you have to not think of what so you're doing. So you're anger toward them, but. 
Well, that was excellent. Right. Well, I didn't, they you couldn't read. You can't. They couldn't read something that I wasn't thinking. Go ahead. Oh. Did you do anything in particular, you think, that stopped them from doing that? Um, well, what happened that you, night? You was, uh, from doing that? No, I was scared because this is what happened. I spent the night in my son's apartment, and the last time they took me was in an apartment, and I was by myself. So oh. I didn't like the, I didn't like my situations. So they fucking came, man. And what they did was they walked up on me, and I grabbed them, and I flipped them over over me. On the other side of the bed, I was on. And I like slammed him, but it was a pile of blankets. So I slammed him on a pile of blanket, and they shocked me. Um, cause he had something in his hand. And whatever I grabbed, shocked the shit out of him. Like, I was like paralyzed for like three minutes. And when, what made me realize this was real was I was awake when I was paralyzed. It was like funny, my arms were straight. You know, my arms were straight, my legs were all up. You know what I mean? And they just slowly went down, and then I woke up. And then that's when I, I, I heard them, because of how hard I slammed them. But, again, that probably didn't answer your question. <laughs> I probably just went on again. Well, actually, actually, you did actually you did answer it pretty well there. Uh, when, when, you, when you were angry with them, did you find that the experiences backed off a little bit, or did they increase? Oh, no, they backed off. They're not messing with me, because I'm dangerous. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a violent violent with them. Um, just the grays. But you can't get to the the, the, to the nice ones unless you get past the grays because the grays are the ones that come get us. So it's like... Did you find that they were pretty, that, uh, Did you find that they were a lot less strong than you thought they might be physically? Oh, they're, they're nothing. It's like kicking a shit out of a three-year-old. You know, you're not going to be able to lose physically. But, you know, they, they when they shocked me, there was no pain involved. It was like... Licking a fork, sticking it in a damn shock, in an electric socket, and getting shocked without no pain. No pain whatsoever, but it was, it, my body was done. I couldn't do that because I slammed them. But what was really messed up was, I felt so bad. I, I, I don't remember, did I tell you about it, then I, I really right. felt bad that I did yeah. that because I, I promised them that I wouldn't do it anymore. So, I don't know, I just felt bad. Now, how do you feel now if the same situation were to happen again? How would you react? Uh, um, I try not to. I'm ready. You know what I mean? I'm ready. And, um, but my natural reaction is violent towards them, just towards the grave. I mean, that's just my natural reaction. Like, like I told you, I can't help how I act. It's just like, to me, to me, it's just like, like this is crazy, bad example. Excuse me. If I pull the gun on you, just put it at your face, and that reaction you get, you can't control that. That's just something you didn't even know how you react. And then say, let's say they put the gun away and say, okay, okay, I, I need you not to react like that again. Mm-hmm. You know, bam, do it again. You know, it's just very hard for me to control this fear. And it's just the grades. I have no problems with any of the other ones. Who are the other ones? When you say the other ones, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I said the same thing. I didn't hear the last thing, Cody said. I just said, so who are the other ones that you've been in contact with that you're not afraid of? Uh, uh, The doctors. The doctor wanted to do the examination, I met, and then the one that called me the prophet. So there's another one that I don't mind 
working with. It's just a crazy, pretty rude, and I just happen to be violent with them. Well, I have no compassion, so that makes perfect sense to me. When was the so, last time you actually yeah, had yeah, a... I'm going to let some. I'm going to let someone else call in for you, Ricky. But you know, for every one of you, uh, Ricky, that calls in and or comes out and says this, you know, there's probably another uh, thousand people out there who can't or don't for one reason or another. And a little, lot of that is well, for I've, reasons I've, that you talked I've about. Met, that, uh, dude, I've met thousands. I've met them. I meet them every day. I get ten, keep one. I meet ten, I keep one. You know what I mean? Because there are, there are riddles in their face and there's people that hate me and there's people that love me. But there are people that need help and I love it. You know what I mean? Because I can feel in a lot of ways. It's, it's a very brave thing for you to do because there's a lot of ridicule and there's a lot of ridicule right. attached to people who are associated yeah. with uh, people who come I can out imagine, and talk uh, about this. But it's, it's, a very real, it's a very real phenomenon. And uh, a lot of I can professionals have come in contact with people who would have experienced this. And they just don't say anything about it. I'll tell you what, I couldn't imagine being soft-skinned. Well, I am very, very sensitive. A lot of people know that. But um, but as far as, like, nah, bad mouth talkers or people that... Um, I can imagine being real soft and people treating me how I am because I'd probably kill myself. But I'm different. I've got a weird little attitude where I'll get in your face. You know, I'm, I'm, you call me this, and I'm going to be right in your face. So it's a little, little easier for me being that I don't take no crap. So it's, 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 I don't understand being the brave thing. It's more being a tough thing, you know, because they give you hell. They give me hell every day. Well, you take care of yourself, sir. Thanks for answering my questions. Oh, man. Thank no you, Scott, very much. All right. You said another caller? Uh, that was Chuck. Oh, so, okay, cool. And I think, uh, let's see, I believe Dave's still on with us. Dave, did you have anything else for Ricky? I think he's on the road. He was just listening or something like that. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm, I'm fascinated by this um, craft that conveyed you to the moon or conveyed the moon to you or skipped through space or space-time or whatever. And you said it was very small, bigger than a trash can, smaller than a house, is what I'm... Right. Is that somewhere in the vicinity? It was like a shed, man. Uh, you ever seen a little tin shed where uh, you put lawnmowers, weed eaters, bikes, you know? Yeah. It's just like that, that size. Can't fit four people in there. Interesting. So it couldn't have this a huge tight power plant in it. Uh, no, no, this was, this was, uh, I, it didn't have a center, you know what I mean? We were in the center, which was like a bubble. So it wasn't like being ran by the old batteries or nothing, it, just, it, just, it was just a transport thing. Just came and got me, took off and it went around. So what was interesting about it, round uh, was, I get real fascinated when I see round, round crafts on YouTube because... I know the, the real ones are round because in space, there's no up or down. So in round, there's no front, there's no back, there's no up, there's no down. So it's logical to, to travel in space and around. Every planet is round. Every, and it just makes sense to me because I see these crafts that are shaped like uh, ships where you can tell this is the front and this is the back. You know, to me, that's not logical because they don't, those are aerodynamic. In space, there's no air. 
Right. So that's why the ball ball shaped crafts make more sense to me. Those are the ones that open my mind. So you know, I'm not trying to down every all those aerodynamic ones, but I like logic. Well. Uh, it sounds to me like this thing probably didn't have its own propulsion system at all. It probably was conveyed from some separate source of power or energy. Um, Who knows? Yeah. But the the thought control, of course, is also obviously quite interesting. Or at least to me it is. The, the powers that be, all the military-industrial complexes of this planet have been trying to achieve that for aircraft and other systems for as long as well, I not really. remember. Not really, because they're doing it wrong. Yeah, they're doing it wrong. We do, they we, want to do, we do that. We do that. Now, well, that'd be like saying, uh, I want to make, I want to, this is exactly what it would, make, would be like, okay, say, say me and you were the first ones on Earth. You want to make sidewalks, and I want to make sidewalks. I want to make my sidewalks out of uh, stone. You want to make yours out of gold. My stone ones do the same thing as your gold one. But you're going about it the wrong way. Let's just do it, you know, the right way. You know, they're doing it the most expensive way, the most complicated way. I hate to say it, but the most asinine way, the most backwards way, the most unlogical way, the most unhealthy way. You know, it's simple what we need to do. But we're not simple people. We're the most complicated race on this planet. And we have some of the most convoluted politics ever <laughs> oh, on, the, on that, any planet. Oh, we can get into that. That's what it's all about. That's what 2015 is about. Suzanne was all about and That's Can you imagine ants? Just imagine ants all over the world. What they do is so amazing. Same thing with us. What we build, we create, we do all this thing. But can you imagine the race, all races of ants just being fucked up because they're politics? <laughs> can you imagine all these ants just not being able to live in their, in their uh, what do they call them? Uh, Colonies they build now? Yeah, the calling because they couldn't afford rent. So they get casted out. Can you imagine ants? dying of starvation because they they don't work for their food. You know what I mean? It's just our, our politics and our lifestyle is so backwards. It's insane. There's enough money right now. We stop printing money right now. There's enough to make every single person well off. There's enough food on this planet. There's enough food on this planet where everybody can eat. There's enough empty homes on this. We, we, well, right now, we're in the biggest, like, uh, what's it called? What, uh, well, our, our systems mess up where everything is foreclosing, everybody's losing their homes. Well, they're calling so they're, it a recession, but I think it goes way beyond that. Yeah, that's what I mean, but see, right now, during a recession, that means there are thousands and thousands of empty homes right now. Oh, yeah. I have four on my, I have four on my block. Now, we have enough shelter for everyone to have it, but we don't do it because money. Money grows on trees. It's made of wood. But we make it like it's so unreachable that we, we can't, everybody can't do it. We're broke. Our, our system is broke. And it's about to get fixed. So, well, I'm looking forward to it being fixed. i got to admit that. So, well, what's messed up about it being fixed is 
you, me, Suzanne, my friend Margo, everybody that's involved here aren't going to be, we aren't going to be able to see the results. We're going to be the beginning of the change. That's why it's going to be so hard to get us to do it because we don't get to witness the results because it's going to take hundreds of years. So that's why we're so reluctant to start the change. We are the ones that need to change for our grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren. But we're so reluctant and we don't care what we only want now. But it's going to have to change and it will change if we have to survive. Oh, yeah. I had no doubt about that. Absolutely. So, I mean, you can go on and on about it. I mean, um, and all this is from what they showed me and what they told me and what they told me. Holy crap, what is that? (laughs) They look up for somebody. But anyway, uh, you know, all that, I know about everything. I know what's going to happen. I know what we need to do. And it all has to revolve around them trying to help us. Uh, I'd like to hear so, more about what you think about that, Ricky, what you think um, when you say you know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Is there anything that you could share with us about that? Yeah, well, I think we're done. I think we're the last. We're the, first of all, we're the most violent um, individual. We're the most um, aggressive generation of humans ever replaced here. You know, we, we, we are one of the, one of the few generations of humans that don't accept the star beings as our brothers, as our, as our family. We, as soon as they get here, we want to kill them, we want to shoot them, we want to shoot their aircraft, we don't want them near us because we think they're here to kill us. But back in the Egyptian days, and before that, in the caveman days, and even million years before the caveman days, they were accepted. And if you look back in books, they were even worshipped as angels and gods. So when when an angel or god landed back in those times, they were worshipped. Here, when they land, we shoot them. We cut them open. We hide them. We don't tell them. You know, we we're very violent towards them. So it's a different approach now. That's why we're still here because when they came back, all those times in the caveman days and Egyptian times and all this stuff, when they came back, they, they were accepted, and those people accepted their message of change, what we, they need to do to keep continuing. Now, they can't do that with us, us here. They have to do weird things like what they do with me. That's the messengers and people like that because we won't accept it like past humans. It's it's rougher this time for them to get us to keep continuing this because we won't accept them. Crazy, huh? Yes, it is crazy. Um... <laughs> So basically looking back on these experiences that you've had, and I don't know how recent your last one was, if that last one at 19 was the last traumatic one that you've had, what do you think has changed with you in regards to the contacts that you've had? And you said that they've been contacting you still. Mm-hmm. But is that a physical contact, or is it more of a, a conscious or telepathic contact? No, it's, it's, just, it's just the info they give me. It's like they're blowing me up with information and things. Because I'm, I'm supposed to be doing stuff, and I'm, I'm behind. I'm already supposed to be out speaking and doing things, but I postponed it because uh, I get really discouraged that a lot. You know, people will just... They just fuck with my emotions sometimes, and I'll quit for a year, and I'll come
come back. I'm just behind. Or get interrupted. So. And I have to interrupt you to go to a break. But we'll come back to that. So stick with us for five minutes, folks, and we'll be back to hear the rest of Ricky G's story. So Skywatchers Radio, back in a minute. Getting closer, going faster than a roller coaster. Love like yours will surely come my way. Hey, hey, hey. Every day it's a getting faster. Everyone said go ahead and ask her. Love like yours will surely come my way. Hey, hey, hey. Every day seems a little longer. Love's a little stronger, come what may Do you ever long for true love from me? Every day it's getting closer Going faster than a roller coaster Love like yours will surely come my way Hey, hey, hey introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Talk Stream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Looking for a used car? Well, look no further. Florida Fine Cars has the car just for you. Here at Florida Fine Cars, we pride ourselves in customer service and quality of cars. Looking for a high-end car? We got them. Looking for an older car for a small cash deal? We got them. Due to having over 400 cars in our inventory, no matter what your situation, we can help. For more information, please go to www.floridafinecars.com today. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Adventures in time and space transcribed in future tense. The powwow. Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one. Disorder never sounded so good. From the far horizons of the unknown come tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future. Adventures in which you'll live in a million could be years on a thousand maybe worlds. Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine presents... The Powwow. Weekends at 12. Only on SoFloRadio.com. All systems are functional. And you pass the wings. You can the jackal. The king of radio. 
Is there life on other planets? This is nuclear physicist Ben Friedman, and now I'm a voice in the jackal head. It's the government keeping secrets from us. This is Stephen Bassett, and uh, I am now a voice inside the jackal's head. Want to find out more? Listen to the jackal's head on the Super Media Network. The biggest trick the jackal ever pulled is to miss the world <laughs> that he doesn't exist. Hi everybody, this is Boca Brian once again to tell you about my latest CD of religious comedy bits. We're the Boca. All my smash hits made famous throughout the world. For the, well, not exactly the world. Let's see. Parts of Okeechobee down to, oh, I'd say, a calendar. Well, like I was saying, the most requested religious comedy bits ever to be heard all over your radio for too short a time. You'll get such hits as... All-time Boca Classic. They were speaking in tongues. That made me a believer. Yes, it's Word of Boca. About 30 all-time certified aluminum religious hits by Boca Brian, who sits on the middle finger of God while singing about men of the moist cloth. That's Word of Boca. Available now at all Peaches, Records, and, uh, I mean, at Warning Yours today by clicking on the album cover on SoBlowRadio.com. Hey, it's Gina Martell with my fabulous co-host, Dr. Dennis Netter. Are you a sexual predator? Could you be? Find out how easy it is to be labeled one. Join us August 2nd for Love and Sex on SoFloRadio.com. Love and Sex. Better love, better sex, and better life. G with us telling his story about his abduction and contact experiences along with uh, Rick Osmond. So welcome back to the show and uh, before the break we were talking to Ricky about his experiences and during the break we talked about um, something that I think is pretty much on a lot of our minds and that would be the whole 2012 phenomenon, if I can call it a phenomenon, but uh, Ricky has something to say about that and how um, 2015 is more something that is a little bit something to be looking for and why don't you tell us Ricky what that is um, uh, 2015 is a, uh, one of the I want to say visions or one of the things they let me experience that I'm supposed to talk about now, which is called they call it the arrival um I don't know anything about 2012. Um, I know they're trying to scare the hell out of everybody, but I do know about it. But it's it's not it's not one year. But 2012 is probably a second year process. But I'll get back to that. 2015 is is our, our what you would call our kicking the ass to get on. So what, what did you find about 2015? Did you so get messages for it? Well, I got to they let me see what happens in two perspectives. They let me see it in, in 
Also, I don't know about you, but I watch YouTube all the time with all these different sightings, and, and the ones that are so compelling as of late are the mass 
um, like fleet sightings. Right. And I, I have never seen more mass fleet sightings than the past six months and, ever. And, and I'm wondering, how do you feel about those sightings? And do you think that right. they're just trying to make their presence known to us that we're not going to be so shocked when they do actually come here? Right. You know what it is, and what I—that's I, what I meant to get at, but I didn't finish. Um, some are already here. You know, I told you they're all coming. Mm-hmm. Some are already here. They just—they just can't do their thing till they're all here. You know what I mean? Because if—if like you saw a mass sighting of fifty, that would mm-hmm. blow the world away right now, right? Mm-hmm. And it would—it wouldn't prep us for what's about to happen. So when they come, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands deep. You know what I mean? It's different. That's why I say they're all coming. But they're, they're all arriving at different times, so they don't, how should I say, they're not. It's the summer just arriving earlier, and they're here, I've seen them. You know, so, they're, Ricky, they're just, they're just, I had a sighting on the 4th of July right. at a barbecue. Mm-hmm. And listening to what you told me tonight, or told all of us tonight, about the vehicle that you entered when you went to the moon, I have to say that what I saw looked very similar to that. But I know that when you got inside of it, it was transparent to you. But maybe right. on the outside, it was still black. And it looked yeah, like yeah, of course. Like, right. But it looked to me like a black sphere, and it was just trucking along the sky at, uh-huh. a, at probably like 50, 60, 65 miles an hour, it seemed to me, from here. It wasn't going very fast. But four of us saw it, and I went online the next day, and somebody did take a video of it, and it was exactly what I saw, and it was a Chino, which is about 40 miles south of where I am located right now. So I'm wondering if, I I looked at it with such wonder, and what freaked me out the most was, oh my gosh, there's somebody in that craft, and they're so close, you know what I mean? Right, right. And I just saw, oh my, just like connection of having my past experiences, and, and almost wanting to reach out and say, come here, you know. Have, I you, do seen, it. have you ever seen a, another craft other than the one that you were inside of, like from afar? Um, this last, this is going to sound stupid, but, but this is why I don't like to talk about it, because in my very first video, one of the first things I say is, I've never seen a UFO fly. Been in them, saw it on the ground, but since then, I, since then, I have. So now, like, like I've actually said it before, and I said that I saw one fly lately. And now people are getting mad at me because they're calling me a liar because in my video in 2007, I said I never saw one. So they're kind of stupid because they can't understand it. You know, it's been a long time since then, and now I've seen one. I actually, that's what's kind of scaring me because they're showing up already. Mm-hmm. So I've seen them. I've seen them. But what they do is they stay as hot. They can't come a certain distance, the ones that I've been seeing there. They stay as far as, as, far as the stars, whatever mm-hmm. that means. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I've seen them. I've seen them fizzle out. I've seen them uh, go side to side two at a time. But I'm, I'm pretty sure. Because 2015 isn't that far, really. Because we're, we're well on human time it is, but on their time it's nothing. Right, that makes sense. So when yeah, you had these sightings lately... Was it at no. night or was it during the day? At night. It's at night. And did they look they're, they're like stars? They're, they're stars. They look just like stars, but they're moving. 
and they go over my house for the last two weeks. And what I'm tripping off is there's no way in hell no one's seeing me. There's no way. There's no way. And they're not all north to south. You know, they're doing, I see them turn. But I'm just wondering what it is, too, you know. And I don't even like to talk about it because I'm not a UFO guy. I really don't like UFOs and UFO sighting stories because it's important what they're doing, why they're here, you know. It's just, it's just that's just from my point of view, though. But then right, I am right. getting pretty... I think that a lot of the, um, interestingly enough, what you just said was very true. It rings very true for me as well. Um, I think that there are so many sightings as of late, and so many people have cell phones that can take an instant video. So, obviously, YouTube is flooded with these sightings, but it's also quite a distraction in a way. Oh, there is. You know what? There's so many fakes, too. Right. There is that. That doesn't help me. That doesn't help you. That doesn't help what you saw on the 4th of July. You know, there's so many people trying to clown us and make us look stupid and make the neutral people lean that we're stupid. You know, so whatever, you know, we right. we see what we see. And it, that's why it don't matter to me because what I know will happen. Well, and, but I think the most important thing is is the messages that you've gotten from these beings um, about 2015, and mm-hmm. I think that it's a going to be a, a a global conscious awakening. And the ones yeah. that don't see the real purpose for all of this are it is going to be too late for them, and they're not going to be prepared. And I think that one thing that we need to do is be prepared for um, mass changes on the surf especially with all the, the geological events that have been happening with the volcanoes and the earthquakes and the hurricanes and the tornadoes. So it's almost but like, wake up. What, you know? That's a very, very, what you said, uh, what you say, a worldwide conscious awakening? Yes. I'm going to use that for now on because that's what it okay. is. And um, what you say, uh, volcanoes and all that, that those aren't the problems. The problem is we we live on volcanoes. The problem is we 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 build nuclear plants on the coast on fucking fault lines. Uh, the problem is we we live in valleys where we put uh, 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 dams on. You know, you know we're the problem. Mm-hmm. We live we we locate in the dumbest places. We we've, we've got humans living where food will not grow. Right. Straight up. Is that stupid? We got humans living in the most unlivable places when this planet is so big that we don't like to share things because they're so different from us. You know, there's so many things we need to do. And, you know, once we realize there's there's somebody hungry as hell right now sleeping under a bridge with nobody right now, right this moment, crying, thinking no one's even thinking about them, but I am. You know, but we need to do something about it. You know, that's happening right now. You live in L.A. I'm not going to tell you what you see. You see the worst of the worst. You know, I mean, you see kids and moms and shady handicap homeless. You know, we just need to take care of everybody. Before We don't even That's what they say. How do they, okay, because a lot of people ask me, 
why don't we, why don't we, why don't they just come to us? You know what I mean? Um, and their thing is, how can they come to us and expect us to love them when we don't even love us? We don't even love our, our own race. That's very powerful. So it's very dangerous. To, yeah, it's very hard for them to come to us when they know what we'll do to them, being that they know what we do to ourselves. You know what I mean? We rape, we murder, we kill, we slice, we 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 do the worst. So we're very, very dangerous. So do you think they're actually coming here to save us from ourselves? Yes. Because uh, uh, Earth is, is alive, like you and I. It, and, and I look at it as like fleas, and it, it's just going to shake us off. If we if we uh, if we do correctly, it'll accept us. You know what I mean? It'll, it'll accept us like it accepts the butterfly. This planet will accept us like it accepts the pelican, mm-hmm. like it accepts the mole. It will accept us like all of us, you know. But it's not it's it's not accepting us right now. It's time for us to go. Well, we're not elevated enough in our consciousness to actually, I think, even comprehend the the benefits of what we could be. We're so, we have not let go of our own ego. And, and we need, that's one of the main things that I've learned in the messages that I've gotten, and that is, it's all about ego. And until yeah, well, that first of ego, all, go ahead. To, 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 to tell humans what we really are, which is my big message, is we're all God. Every single person is a God, not 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 Suzanne, not Ricky, but our soul, who we are. We're all God. We're all, we all created in the image of God. What makes us any less than a God? We are not the God. We are God. So to have humans open their eyes and realize that is a big pill to swallow. They, they laugh at that when it's a great thing. When I tell them all we do, every single person here, no matter what you do in life, you get to go home. They laugh at that because they can't believe it. And it's nothing bad. It's just weird, really odd for me. Right. It's all good. So you told me something about Hawaii. Yes. And how that changed your life in so many ways. Yeah. And do you shout out with us? Yeah, well, you asked me, uh, well, you said there was a change in my personality. Yes. And um, you said I, was, I seemed to be a little more angry before my, you asked me what changed me. You said it happened about six months ago, whatever. I left it. I left on Valentine's Day. And um, at that time in my life, uh, I, I was, you know, I've been angry. You know, my son had his heart surgery. That's actually why we went to Hawaii. It was a Make-A-Wish Foundation donation. So I'm pretty upset at the world, and I was getting so much shit from uh, people on YouTube, and I wanted to give up. I was just tired of it. So I went to Hawaii, and um, it changed my life because where I'm stuck at now isn't pleasant. And and I always say, like, Suzanne, you live in your own world, Rick. You live in your own world, Dave. You live in your own world. My friend Margo, she lives in her own world. I most, people, own world. most people say I live in my own little world, and they're right. But. <laughs> yeah, we all do. We all do. So all our worlds are different in the way we live. are so different that when I went to Hawaii, 
couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And you know what? It was so crazy. I'm a, I'm a spitter, just a damn dirty habit. I'll be at a park and I'll spit. I was in Hawaii and I spit and I bent down on my knees and wiped it out. <laughs> it was like, oh. it was just like incredible. It was just, this place is real and, and this planet is so big and it just realized, it made me realize how beautiful life was. The trees were just the air. But I didn't step up no bugs. I didn't do nothing. It was just unbelievable that something like this exists. And I made myself a goal. I need to get there. And I'm not doing anything sitting on my ass. And I, I'm a tough guy, so I need to be able to take all this thing. My, my friends leaving me. My friends talk shit about me, who I think are friends, or just people that just randomly hit me up and leave me hate mail. You know what I mean? I need to just... Forget that. Do what I gotta do. Do my book. Do my shows. Do my whatever I gotta do to get to Hawaii. I don't give a fuck if I move to Hawaii and work at McDonald's. I just gotta get there. So that pretty much opened me up and realized that I don't need to hide anymore. I don't care what anybody says. I'm ready for the world. That's great. And do you think that has something to do with, um, you said when you were on the craft that they told you some information that you overheard than when they thought that you were knocked out that um, you were going to die at a certain time. Right. Does that have a lot of impact on you, on how you live your yeah. life right now? Well, isn't that telling? Well, I don't know if I was telling you it, but uh, people ask me about that. Why are you going to go to Hawaii? What the hell? Why would you do that? It's so far. What? I'm not, my chances of living to be an old man is pretty, pretty faint. It's, it's, it, I always tell people I have untouchable dreams. I want things that just can't happen. You know, some people want the lottery. Some people want things. They got chances for that. I don't. So, um, uh, uh, I forgot where I was going on that, but uh, I just need to make it happen. I just need to make it happen. So, about the whole event for 2015 that you... Um, have been given this information about what are you going to do to prepare yourself for that? I don't know how to prepare myself because I've been through it already. I saw what happened. What about I'm preparing really others prepared. like your family? Well, I already told my kids what they're going to do. I saw it. I saw The reason I know what i got to do is because I saw it. I'm going to do what I did in my vision. So I'm telling them to do what I told them to do in my vision. So it's all happening before. What would you tell everybody else that they should do with their lives? Um, uh, don't kill yourself. Straight That's it? up, don't kill yourself. Yeah, don't kill yourself. This isn't the end of the world. This isn't what people think is going to be the end of the world. This is this is the beginning of a new world. Mm -hmm. You got to understand. I mean, I mean, what if what if every Okay, this is stupid. What if every animal on this planet has been able to talk this whole time? The whole time they've been acting stupid, growling, chirping, doing all this shit. Now, what if they just all came out one day and just started saying, hey, look up, hey, man, you know, we're, we're, we're all part of the family, you know. If that really happened, we would have to accept it. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It won't never happen. But when this happens, we have to accept it. It's going to be that drastic. You know, it's going to be something so far unbelievable that it's going to be a shock. But we have to swallow it, and we have to change, and we have to realize that it's real. 
billion people can't have the same dream. You know what I mean? So it's a real thing that's happening, and don't don't kill yourself. It's a beautiful thing that's going to be happening. All these movies and all these things got everybody scared. That's a huge problem. They're not here to hurt you. It would yeah, but we have to we have the media to thank for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every movie, even if it's New Moon movies coming out, they're scaring everybody. Can you imagine that every movie that came out in the movie The Aliens Cured Cancer, or or they saved our race, or they taught us love, and all these movies. When they come, we wouldn't be so scared of them. Trust me, they're going to be shooting guns from their backyards at them. You know what I mean? Well, they go, we're so scared of them. We're so scared of them. Well, there again, it's letting go of the fear and just having pure uh, acceptance yeah. for the it's reality the trans- that will be. You know, the transition is going to be hectic. And like I, I think I told Rick just a few minutes ago, we, or, or Dave, we're not going to, what's so messed, about, messed up about us is we're the ones that have to change. You know what I mean? We're the ones that are going to begin to make the change for our grandchildren. We don't get to enjoy what we are creating. We don't get to enjoy 300 years from now. We are going to be, if we do this, we are going to be the reason we survive. You know, but we're not on the right track. Is everything all right, Rick? Am I, uh, everything cool? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. However, we are running out, running short on time, so okay. um, uh, you don't have a website or anything, right? Uh, I got a couple things. I got the, um, my Facebook, which has all my videos. You can see my story. Well, not on my, my Facebook is where you can get a hold of me, contact me, uh, talk to me, mail me, whatever. And that's a www.facebook.com slash UFO abductee. Uh, if you're friends with Suzanne's, I'm on her friends list. Um, or my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash UFO abductee. And that's basically the way to get a hold of me or listen to my story or whatever. Okay, cool. That's a good good way to express it. So folks who want to know more about Ricky G or contact him can do it through his Facebook page or through his YouTube channel. <clears throat> a lot of people don't even know that you can message through YouTube, but you can. Yeah, yeah I get messages every day. So um, what do you think is your next step? I mean, what, are you going to try to make the rounds on radio shows? Are you going to try to go to conferences yeah. or what? Well, I'm ready for everything. I'm on a, I want to... Uh, I'm going to try to get down to L.A. because there seems to be a lot down there. I just need to, I did actually an interview with Jim Sparks. Uh, I was on my YouTube, so me and him have got a couple of things working on. But he's like overseas and doing a lot, a lot of things right now. So I just, I'm doing my thing until we get our stuff together. And um, I'm always doing new stuff, and I'm ready for whatever, man. TV, I'm ready to do it all. Just I've never reached out and done it because I've been so scared, but I'm ready now. Understood. Well, I encourage you to get your message out there, and hopefully people will be listening. Uh, Suzanne, do you have anything else? I do. I just want to say, Ricky, that being an experiencer myself, I know how hard it is to come forward, and it took me 47 years to do that. And uh, 
So I commend your bravery, and I know you're doing the right thing. I know you feel the same way I do. There's no money in ufology. It's not about getting fame or fortune. It's not about um, being on a billboard and riding in a limo. It's basically just getting this message out there, and that's what we're here for, and anyone can do it. So thank you so much for everything. I second that. And you guys are helping out. I just want to make sure. I just want to say one more thing. We got a couple of seconds. Of Suzanne is one of my one of my dearest friends. Um, she's doing great. I love what she's doing, and um, thank you for even having me. So I hope I was able to have some Suzanne. Anything you already know, I got you. Whatever you need, and so, right back at you. <laughs> oh, thank you very, very, very much. You're and very all my much. friends who are listening, I want to say hi to Margot and whoever's listening because she's always around. So thank you, thank you. All righty. Well, I guess we need to wrap this one up because we're pretty much out of time here. But, uh, again, thank you, Ricky, for being on with us. And, Suzanne, uh, you have the helm if you want to sign us out. I will do that. And for everybody listening out there, thank you for joining us. And um, have a great week. Next week we have Stephen Bassett on the show. So, obviously going to be a very compelling interview. So, hopefully we'll see you then. Have a great night. Absolutely. Thanks all. Skywatchers Radio out.